Hello there everybody, welcome back to a Never Sparkles and Rhinestones pageant podcast and today we're going to be talking all about dealing with disappointment. Now this is going to be in a pageant context <laughs> because I'm not an expert at all, although I have experienced a lot of disappointment in my life, haven't we all? Um, but we are going to talk about how to approach certain situations within pageantry and how we can overcome it because disappointment is going to be something that you may feel a lot whether it's creating a campaign whether it's placing and not winning or whether it's winning and getting frustrated and disappointed with certain situations within your queen year and of course we all can be very disappointed with how covid has literally stripped this whole year from us but there are many ways to take this disappointment and change it into that fuel to really push yourself into take the disappointment and change it into something amazing so first of all I'm going to talk about when you are a finalist so it can be very frustrating as a finalist, especially if you are a finalist in a system which isn't that well known or, um, I mean, there is some sort of hierarchy in pageantry and we say, we are going to be completely honest, we always say that there's not, that everyone's equal, but unfortunately sometimes it's people's perception that they don't, they don't actually know that they're doing it, but they classify other pageants higher over others and queens higher when in fact there can be a queen from a very small pageant system that will do twice the amount of work and achieve incredible things even finalists now we're going to go into a lot of different situations later but there are finalists that fundraise and raise incredible amounts and they still don't get their crown moment and that is disappointing in itself but it's not the crown that sits in your head or the title on your sash it's the person who's doing it and we have to think of that when we go into any interview situation um if we're changing systems you have to remember that all the stuff that you've done in the lead up is your achievements it's not the system's achievements so if you fundraise an amazing amount of charity and then you go on to another system you can still reference that charity it's not in your year but you can talk about if that's the charity you're still fundraising for, that overall, throughout your time in pageantry or just throughout your lifetime, you've raised this amount of money for charity for this chosen charity because of how passionate you are about it. Um, it's not with these achievements. Don't it's not the pageant's achievements. It's your achievements. So you must always remember that. Um, but so when you're a finalist, um, talking about campaigns. So a lot of campaigns in lockdown were created because it was online appearances, it was something to do, it was very social. However, a lot of them are very similar and then it can get very disheartening when lots of people join in one person's and not join in something else. So let's talk about, let's unpack this. So if you have a campaign, rather than just create a campaign because you feel like it's the right thing to do, like a lot of people do 30-day challenges, 14-day challenges, um, they use a template from online that already is filled in, change the name and pop their name on there. Now, 
it's great to get people involved in challenges, but for myself, I usually tail off challenges by day 10. If I've not already scheduled it, if it's not something that, um, like, for example, when you usually have your countdown to your pageant final, I usually schedule those because it's like, you know, your best appearance, best memory, favourite thing, like, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I can schedule that in advance so I know that I'm not going to forget it. Um, however, for a campaign that's to be done daily, other things sometimes get in the way, you know? I, I'm i a mum of one, I have a very busy life, and I'm just trying to survive in this COVID times. Sometimes I forget to um, that I need to do a certain whatever it is on this this thing. So if it's 30 days... You're always guaranteed you'll see people saying, catch up, day 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, <laughs> it's, it is what it is with that. But when you're creating a campaign, you always have to think to yourself, how am, I, how am I going to talk about this in my pageant interview? What is the purpose of me doing this campaign? There are lots of nice campaigns to go on about, you know, embracing yourself, loving yourself, say three nice things about you, say five nice things about you. What do you love about your body? What do you love about pageantry? Um, these will be campaigns that go on all the time. It's not an original idea. It's something that happens a lot. Um, it's what you do with it to make it more original. So are they just going to take it on a piece of paper? Are they going to do a video? Are they going to have a colour that represents self-love and, you know, confidence? Is, is there a challenge that you want them to do? There's so, so much different aspects. And... Don't set yourself up for disappointment when it comes to this because for a campaign to work, it depends on the timing, it depends on the subject, it depends on the content. Um, and also depends on how you advertise it as well. Yes, sharing it into a million groups is okay, but you want to have that personal touch. Now, this is also another bugbear of mine sometimes is when... I'll get a message from a completely random girl about a campaign, but then it will have a very short deadline. So I'm expected to do it in less than a week. Um, and for me, I have two or three days where I'm child-free and one or two of those days I will have makeup on and that's when I do all my campaigns and do all my awareness photos. So... If this has already gone on the cutoff, I'm not going to spend a good two hours and then stressing out because trying to do makeup from Penelope here is very stressful, especially as she tries it on now as well. So I, I really don't want my lipsticks being ruined. <laughs> oh, and then having to wash out of her face because red lipstick is not the one on a child's face. Um, but it's all about how you prepared for it because if you're messaging people last minute you're not going to get as much response. But then, with this as well, it's great to be prepared, but some people will tend to forget. So you need to be reminding yourself, have a list of who said that they've joined your challenge and give a deadline. Always give a deadline. Um, there will be people sometimes, give a deadline that allows you to have a few days leeway as well. Because there are always people that forget. <laughs> there are always people that go, oh my goodness. Um, I'm not gonna lie I've been one of those people sometimes I'm like oh my goodness let me just oh I've done it and I've not sent it um so give a deadline give a good amount of prep time you know 
and this is where the pageant groups are great because then you can ask people rather than explain everything on your post just say you're doing a, a campaign for this condition if you'd like to get involved message me so um and that's how you'll get more interaction if you have the campaign there people might see it but people are more intrigued and this is a thing that I've said um in a coaching session last week um with Miss Clover Girls people are more nosy <laughs> when there's not much information there they're more intrigued to go oh the curiosity uh gets the better of them and they'll message them to want to join in that campaign and then then you have enough people then to launch it's always nice to to have those there and then don't set yourself up at this point because whoever joins in the campaign joins in the campaign. You've launched it, you've created a, an amazing campaign, you've thought about it, you can then relay it into your interview. So why did you do this campaign? You wanted to raise awareness about this condition and by doing that you've got pageant girls to do this and this. Um, you know, or you've got videos with facts and figures, but facts and vi- figures videos are great. However, there needs to be a bit more content into them. And that is what you have to think of when you're in an interview. How are you going to... If you've just done a campaign because you've done a campaign um, and then you have two or three major big things that you're going to do with before the finals, then you're more likely going to talk about them. So a campaign, the campaign will just be... And it sounds really bad, but it'll be a throwaway comment in your interview. You're not going to discuss for a good minute in your interview about a campaign that was you holding a picture up when you created that you did this massive fitness challenge um that required so much energy prep time and raised loads of money for charity you know you're not gonna just say yeah I climbed a mountain for charity but I created this campaign um you're gonna talk more about the mountain (laughs) let's be honest you're gonna talk more about the mountain because with those three minutes, you have to get in all the points that you want to get across of what you've done as a finalist. And if you've done loads, then you have to, of course, narrow it down. Um, But bringing back to the disappointment factor, a lot of people do get disappointed with their campaigns because of the the lack of entries or the lack of uh, people joining in. Now, this could then take you, take this, get my words right, Take this disappointment and look and review your campaign. Is there things that you could have changed? Is there things um, that you could have done differently? So, for example, I'll talk about the campaign that I did just before COVID hit. And I did a campaign with the hashtag pageant girl magic. Um, so I wanted people to use this hashtag um, to just bring some posit- positivity from pageantry to talk about the amazing stuff that pageant queens do and just celebrate yourself. I launched, I got people to record um, videos first and I did like a whole launch video, um, which I was really happy about. Uh, however, a few people joined in, but there wasn't that many. And for me, although I thought well about the campaign because I was talking about body confidence because that was a split of my platform now I've just merged my platform to just be mental health rather than say I have a dual platform body confidence comes within mental health so um lockdown gave me that chance to think and go actually let's slim it down um 
but for me, it was just the wrong time. It was just launching the wrong time because around that time, there were maybe four or five campaigns going on about um body confidence and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you join in one, then you want to join in the rest and it just gets same, same. So for me, it was finding the right time. Maybe I should have launched it around um Mental Health Awareness Week uh because i think 2020 or it might have been 2029 was about body confidence and body image um because they usually have a theme each year but i took that not the disappointment because i was disappointed however I, i took time to reflect and then i put my energy into another project which of course became queen chats where we did a video uh talk and interview about mental health and then we eventually changed it onto, I don't know why I say we, because it's me, <laughs> but I eventually changed it onto a podcast format to make it a bit more intimate and a bit more easier to talk more about the trials and tribulations of mental health without having a camera in your face and having to wear makeup. <laughs> so if your campaign is about raising awareness, having a few people join in, even if it's one or two, you're still raised awareness you still created that campaign, you still have people join in, whether it's 10, you've got the message out there and that's what you have to celebrate. Yes, you're allowed to feel disappointed, but that's what you have to celebrate. So taking that as well, when it comes to real life events, once again, you will feel disappointed if you don't get that many. And this is a common thing in pageantry is uh, a lot of girls will travel up and down the country to attend events and you bet (laughs) you bet that um with covid there'll be so many more people traveling because they we just want to see everyone we want to get out we want to do pageant events we want to get as much sash time as we can these sashes have been in our houses for a year we want to get them outside um but if someone has traveled all the way down to your event that's because they want to. Don't ever feel like you have to then travel all the way back up to their event because there are different circumstances, different situations. For myself, I don't drive. So, um, I mean, I really want to drive. I'm just so bad at driving. I get really nervous driving situations. However, with pageantry, but then last time I took my driving test was 2013. So maybe with the confidence I've got from pageantry, I might do it again. But don't quote me on that. I was meant to do it for my 30th and then I went to a drag show instead and then uh, COVID hit. (laughs) So (laughs) that was the fun time. But anyway, so leading on (laughs) from all that, don't feel like you have to do that because that person has wanted to. There shouldn't be a payback for payback. There is, of course, you don't want to be given all this energy and not getting anything back in return, that there'll be people that will support you from afar, whether they just buy raffle tickets, whether they, you know, will donate or things like that. You should never, you should never feel expected to attend events. And this also goes for if you are competing in a system. So for example, if you're competing in a pageant girl UK system, you shouldn't, 
expect to do everything that those queens do. If they have an event, you have to be there. If the system has, like, they have their ball, you have to be there. That's not what it's about, and that's not what pageantry is about, and that's not what the systems expect you to do at all. Like, at all. This is just... You, know, you don't have to be there. You can be at other events. You don't have to you know, work with what works for you. Travel to what events you can travel to. What's within your means? What's in your budgets? Because, of course, traveling and buying event tickets can get very expensive. So work out what you actually want to do. And I know it's disappointing that you can't get to those things and other people might feel disappointed that you're not there. However, it's out of your control. But leading on to that, don't promise someone that you're going to be at an event if, and then don't turn up. That's very disappointing. Um, the amount of people I've had last minute cancellations is horrible. Now, I'm very lucky with the events that I do. And this is the mentality I have. Unless I had overhead costs, then I would be very annoyed because, of course, you lose money. And that's why you'd get full ticket price. So that so that ticket would be covered um but I'm very lucky that the events that I do are small fundraising events they raise a couple of hundred um if they do and I know that I haven't got to pay any venue costs and I don't have to like all the stuff I bought out of my own money um so it's just my time that I'm giving then so I don't have to worry too much about that however if you're running a ball um that's where you would prepare early and have a cut off for tickets like they have to pay a deposit first and then they have to pay the rest by this date if they don't pay by that date that ticket then gets released so someone else can buy it and then and the deposit should be a non-refundable deposit because if that ticket then doesn't sell it cuts into the budget it cuts into the fundraising it cuts into all of that so this is why if you are of course, there are things that are very much out of our control, illnesses, uh, family matters, travel issues. However, um, you have to be, you have to be honest and think, right, I'm not actually going to be able to make this event. Tell them in plenty of time. The same goes for if you book in pageant coaching, if you book in um, interviews with people, like, you have to be upfront and be honest. You have to let them know. Um so this also brings me to a couple of other things as well. So <laughs> disappointment is always fun, isn't it? Um, but there's this thing going around, and I don't know if this is on topic, but there's this thing around going on right now that um, directors feel disappointed that you're not using the sponsors of the pageant final and that includes pageant coaching now the directors have a job of course to you finalists they of course do have to cover their overheads as well um but the main thing is they want you to enjoy their time in their system because if someone doesn't enjoy their time I mean, people are more likely to say negative things and positive things. That's just how it is. That's how it goes. So they want to make sure you have a really good time because, you know, good recommendations are great for business. So, yes, guessing sponsors involved is great. And it's the pageant's job alone to advertise the sponsors. If the queens advertise it, that's great. Um, But it's 
the patent systems, uh, you know, it's their responsibility to do it. If they've said to the sponsors, yes, our queens will do it, then, of course, the queens have to agree first. Finalists shouldn't have to do it at all. Um, but you're not under any obligation to to use those sponsors. And this also goes for pageant coaching. Coming from someone who does coach for a few systems now as their official coach, um, but I've also had it where people have said they've they've used my service and then they've signed an exclusivity contract or they've gone to other pageant coaches because those are the pageant coaches for that system and they feel that they have to use those services because it's what's expected of them. And for me, there you go, there's my disappointment because that's what the theme of this podcast is. That's my disappointment because... There should be, it's not moral to mark someone down, and this is how some people feel, it's not moral to mark people down just because they didn't use a sponsor, whether it's a dress or whether it's a coach or whether it's earrings or whether it's anything like that. The person will choose that brand because they love it. For example, if there was a, a pageant dress site that sponsored the pageant, I would look because it's nice to use the sponsors. However, for me personally, I'm a plus size woman and I know exactly what brands fit me and what don't fit me. I know what suits my style, what doesn't. If I can't find that on the on the website, then I'm not going to waste a good £500 on a gown that I'm not going to feel amazing in and I'm not going to feel comfortable in. The same as if I was entering a pageant that had um, a chosen coach. Yes, it's great to use the coach. However, you shouldn't feel like you have to ditch your current coach. You shouldn't feel like you have to to only train with one. It's just because it's respectful of you. That judge will not be on the judging panel. And if they are, that's very wrong. That's that's my take on it. I can never judge any of the pageants I coach at because it's biased. You train that person. You can put your judging hat or you can take your pageant coach hat off and put your judging hat on and be completely unbiased. However, if that person then wins, you're going to talk about how amazing they were. And then a lot of people are going to say, that's a fix. That's a fix. And you don't want that at all. So having a pageant coach on a judging panel, I think, is completely wrong if they've coached people in that system. If they haven't, and there are some systems that I don't coach, um, then I can be a judge. Uh, there's loads of different things like that. But you shouldn't be expected to train with one I said I'm going off topic with this but it's it's that sense of disappointment you know if if you if you can't get in with that coach um and then you're disappointed because you think wow I've just set myself up for failing when you haven't at all so that's what disappoints me in pageant world right now is people thinking that they have to buy a certain brand they have to train with the person who is their official sponsor they have to do that when in reality there's so much more in pageantry there's more available and it's what's right for you it might just happen that that pageant coach is the right fit for you and that is perfect that's fine however if you've then been training with someone else, you have to be honest, you have to be transparent about it. Um, transparency is so important within pageantry, and I, I will definitely do a a topic on that soon. <laughs> but, yes. Okay, apart from that now, now let's go on to the disappointment of the actual finals itself. 
So we can build up this fantasy of how it's going to be on stage. You dream about it every night. You dream about how you're going to walk. You dream about the crowning moment. You dream about how the whole day is going to go. You've built this up for so long. It can be an anti-climax when you finish the pageant. And even if you win as well, we'll get onto that in a minute. But um, if you have placed or if you have not placed, the feeling of disappointment is completely natural. There's going to be so many emotions going through your head right now. So many different things. Um, and I'm going to say, let that disappointment in. Let the grief in. Let the anger in. Take it to a private place. Deal with those emotions appropriately you know whether it's crying whether it's having a really big burger and some ice cream you know whether it's getting angry and punching your pillow a few times <laughs> just you know pillows and things like that we don't condone violence here as well because we're my students um but you're allowed to feel that disappointment even if you're re- and this is a pretty point even if you're really really happy for the winner you're still allowed to feel disappointment because that's what I think a lot of us feel. We feel shame. We feel like we shouldn't feel the way we're feeling. And this, I second take back to, to mental health. When we, when we talk about depression, you think, well, someone else has got it worse than me. No, your feelings are valid. The same as, oh, but they were amazing. They deserve to win. Yes, they did. But you also deserve to win. And you're also allowed to feel the way you're feeling. But it's how you then move on from this. So you can take that disappointment and you can bring it in and create a passion, create a drive, create that, right, okay, I've disappointed, I didn't win this time, however, let's see how I do next time, approach it in a different way, this is when you get coaching, you you would look at your feedback, you may invest more in your outfit, you may invest more in, like, different things surrounding pageantry, so you might decide to change system completely. You didn't have a good experience with this one, so try another one. It may just be you haven't found the right system for you yet, or you weren't in the right mindset. Now, I look back at my pageant journey, and I can identify um, there are some systems that I competed in that I've just competed in uh, very quickly, not dedicated amount of time, because so I take um, a pageant I competed in, where it was my first pageant back um, after internationals. So I had that journey. Um, I put a lot of dedication, a lot of time and effort, and I didn't place. And I was very disappointed. Very disappointed. Because I knew that I'd given enough. And I knew that I deserved to have a placement at least. But I didn't take that out in the system that was my issues to deal with that was me going okay let's have a little look then and the next two times I competed in that system I entered very late I entered with a week or two weeks to go because there are spaces available um so not placing or you know picked up side wars and in that pageant I did actually pick up Miss Congeality out of the whole pageant so I was I mean I was happy with that um But the other times, I can look back and go, ah, do you know what? I didn't actually give enough time and dedication um, to this pageant. Like, I need to do that. And funnily enough, it's actually my European director, Jam, that said to me on the final, so this was actually 2017, um, I just finished Galaxy, 
uh, competed in inspiration. And she said to me, if you took all your time and energy that you dedicate to all these other finals and dedicated to just one pageant final, um, you would be so amazing. I'm like, oh, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> don't attack me. Um, but friendly advice, um, because I then decided to enter, because I used to use some other pageants as practice so charity pageants as practice smaller systems as practice for if I was competing in another pageant because I didn't have a pageant coach then um but then I decided okay that's fine I'm going to just have the one journey so I entered galaxy again in July I got my sash I got my sash in the July and I'm going to go the whole year, just doing appearances, just building up my platform, just building up that. And of course, then I fell pregnant. Um, I entered Yemi with two months to go. I won Yemi, and that's the, the magical story there um, of European and international titles there. Um, but digressing with that, I look back and see where I needed to put more energy in, what I needed to change. So I knew for Yemi when I was competing that I wanted to get across all the stuff that I wanted to, my pageant interview. So I then streamlined and bullet pointed and focused on that. And that's where, of course, some of my train, all my training methods are because I am a pageant coach that has not had pageant coaching. Uh, not because I've not wanted to, because when I started, there wasn't any. And by the time I was in my pageant froze, um, I just couldn't afford it because I was funding a lot of it myself. Um, so then I would learn, I self-taught a lot, I watched a lot of things with practice as well, like I've been in the pad industry for 11 years now, so I competed in a lot of different systems, I've attended a lot of different systems, I've judged a lot of different systems, so it's all a learning curve from there, but of course there are always things to learn, but I look back and reflect, and use the disappointment of, I was disappointed there was one pageant I didn't win, um, because at that time they weren't from that area. These were regionals where you had to be from that area. They weren't there. I was frustrated. I was angry. Rather than quit pageantry, I entered another system and ended up placing top five. And that sparked that little love journey, um, pageantry journey for the next two, <laughs> next three years. Yep, 2013. So I had to skip out a final because I went to work abroad. Um... But yes, so it's all about looking back and reflecting, use that disappointment. Now, there is also the last bit of disappointment that I'm going to discuss, or well, two bits actually, because this has gone a long time. So discussing the disappointment you feel if you were first runner-up and you've done more than the winner. <clears throat> this is a, a thing that comes up a lot and you do see it a lot however that disappointment it's going to be disappointing that you could have done better you could have used that crown a lot better you would have done this you would have done that however you don't know what's going through the queen's mind you don't know what's happening in their life but also sometimes people have different expectations when they enter pageants some people do want to enter pageants to have the crown they do their 10 required appearances 
and they'll go to the internationals and they are happy with that. They don't want to put any more. When they they are upfront, they're honest, they wanted to have that title because of the titles, like they didn't need to they didn't need anything else. They didn't need a plan, they didn't need a platform, they didn't need a project. They just went in there because they had that winner mentality. They were going to win that pageant. They went in there to win. And they won it. So there's nothing else they need to do. It's how... It's your personal attitude to pageantry. It's why you want to enter. So if you want to enter because you want to do charity work, you want to have a platform, you want to be able to be, you know, the queen that does the most appearances, the queen that's always active, the queen that's out there. If that's what you want to do, that's your attitude to pageantry. Other people just want to win the crown other people want to be a queen other people want to represent that system but they're not going to do any hard work they're going to attend the events they're going to judge they're going to be a part of the system but they're not going to be as well known in a few years time because as i said they'll be there by the throwback pictures however will you know what they do that is what i take from pageantry i will always remember when i entered pageants one of my first pageant inspirations was Hayley Mack. She um was the Miss Galaxy International 2010 is when she won. Yes, because she was at the finals in 2011 for Crown. I hope so. I might have got that wrong, but I think it is. Um, <laughs> and she was incredible. I followed her journey from Galaxy and then she won Miss Inter- uh, Miss Commonwealth International. Um, and she did so much with that title and she really put a map on about appearances. And I always wanted to, if I was going to be an inspiration for other pageant girls, that's what I wanted to do. But there are other inspirations. People can be inspired for the different route it takes. Misha Grimes, for example, she's now a massive YouTube and Instagram star. However, when she was a queen, she still did appearances and she still did charity work because those were passionate to her. Those were her personal causes. But now she's taken that and it really shot up, actually, when she was international. She really shot up. Um, and people will see that and be inspired by that. And that's the route they want to take. They want to get into influencing and they want to get into YouTube. And that is absolutely fine. If that's where pageantry is going to take you, or if it's going to take you into modelling, you're inspired by people who are models who have started pageantry and gone into modelling. If that's what you're inspired by, that's your inspiration roles, it's what you take from pageantry. And that's where the last disappointment of this uh, <laughs> disappointment of this podcast comes in, is your crowning year. So you may have had an expectation of what you wanted this pageant journey to be. And with that, it's what you make of it. You can't be disappointed in other people if you're not voicing that opinion. If you're disappointed in someone, you need to tell them that you're feeling a type of way. I could have worded that better, but that's the way it's going to be. People don't know if you're upset with them or if you're angry with them unless you say you can be as condescending, you can be as petty, you can, you know, talk to other people about it. But if you're not discussing it with the person that you're disappointed in, you're not going to get anywhere. And it's going to taint your experience. You're going to take all of these angry feelings you have about that person and manifest it into a hatred. And you're going to resent your year. 
And it would all would have been solved if you had been upfront and honest about it. There are times when you can get frustrated with your director, um, if they're not if they're not responding to you or they're not talking to you, there are there are directors that will talk to their girls every day. There are girls that talk every week. There are some that will be there just like, you know, if you want to check in, check in. You know? You there's no expectation of how your director is going to be because you have to remember as well, these people have lives, they have families, they have careers outside of pageantry. Um just because you've won doesn't mean that for the whole year now you are their life you know the same as if you've won that this whole crown is not your life you are more you are defined more than just the sash and crown that you have so if you are disappointed that things haven't gone the way there are many ways to address this as i said talk to the person you're disappointed with or talk about the situation that you're disappointed about don't let it go on for the whole year so then when you hand over your crown you're like wow that was a great year don't have expect if you're disappointed by the expectations sometimes you have expectations because you've seen what's happened the previous years you've seen what's happened i think especially now a lot of things are coming up because covid has taken away a lot of things um so the expectations of a crowning year have gone out the window they are not the same you can't compare yourself to past queens into past years because this is a completely different situation um so if you're that disappointed or with the expectations you can of course address it and if you want to be extreme you can give up your title if you're not happy in that place give it up and move on there obviously are some obstacles to search like if you have an international if you've already gone you might have to pay that back because you've not fulfilled your contract year um there are loads of things off it's hard as well you've worked so hard for that crown and sash that handing it back is just an insult to yourself but think of how long your crowning year is if you're only two months into it are you going to be happy for those 10 months don't make your year and live in hell just because of pride because you've won that if you're not having fun if you have other commitments if you're not giving that time or if you're just not feeling it you're appreciated don't do the extreme of just giving after away address talk about it see what the solutions are um because it's, as i said it's completely natural to be disappointed about what's happening right now in the world or the cancel events and and things like that a lot of things are are very different but nothing will get done if you don't address the situation and that is my ted talk on that so in pageantry you there are natural to feel it's very natural to feel disappointment whether you don't win or you don't place or you did win but it's not what you want it to be whether people don't join your campaign or attend your events or you're just disappointed uh, in general sometimes you can get a disappointment where it's a self-conflict of i'm never going to be good enough or i'm not i'm not doing as much as the other girls i'm not doing this and that is the confidence issue and that's the disappointment in yourself and you need to realize that every pageant journey is different every person's journey is different every person's identity is different and if you compare yourself to others all the time to the other queens it's gonna eat you up and you're not gonna have a good time you're just straight up not gonna have a good time so to avoid disappointment 
it's use these emotions healthily, reflect, think of what made you disappointed and how you can address it, whether it's change something, whether it's take yourself out of a situation, whether it's, you know, do a complete 180 and change on something else, address it, overcome it and use those emotions those emotions are healthy being disappointed being angry being upset they're all natural reactions so i hope you enjoyed this really long podcast it wasn't meant to be this long this is what happens when i don't have a script well i've no, i don't really have a script for most of them i usually just have bullet points but i was like you know what i feel a little bit feeling a bit into it about disappointment uh so we do have a mindset, and it's all about the pageant mindset. We do have a mindset. I think we have a mindset podcast interview, uh, episode on here. But we also have the mindset section in the pageant handbook, which, of course, is available to buy. Um, however, I will only be selling them up until mid-March. I think we have a few copies left because I'm having hip surgery, so I'm not going to be able to get to the post office for two or three weeks. Um, so if you would like to get your handbook, get it in now. Um, we have workbooks available. And of course we have pageant con. Pageant con. Oh my goodness. So three dates, one in May, two in July. The May one will be just after <laughs> we can go into pubs. Uh, but I wanted to have a one day event where we can go over loads of different things and discuss little bits about pageantry as in like not just an overview of like interview and and things like that it's like we're getting into it we're gonna have debates we're gonna have well I say debates we'll have panels so you know there'll be a discussion there'll be things that you can join in with so I'm excited once again raises funds for Mind UK um and There'll be more episodes on it as well because I said the next few weeks we'll be getting speakers and yeah, all the fun stuff. All the fun stuff with that. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, If you've enjoyed this podcast, let us know. Um, If you haven't already, check us out on YouTube because we have YouTube videos going up. Um, Lots of exciting things happening. Um, But thank you so much for listening.